I'm Duncan Hilton. This is the Religious Life Podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Josh Plowsteiner. Um, please open us with a prayer. Uh, okay. Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. Oh, good Jesus, hear me. Within your wounds, hide me. Never permit me to be separated from you. From the evil one, protect me. At the hour of my death, call me and bid me to come to you, that with your saints I may praise you forever. Amen. 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 Um, so just as a little context for the listeners, um, Josh and I don't hardly know each other. Um, yeah. I learned his last name about 60 seconds ago. Um, I jog uh, most mornings in a state park where, uh, how would you describe it, Josh? You're doing a logging? Oh, it's job? in our, uh, oh, uh, transmission line clearance. Oh, okay, great. Clearing so, trees away from the big high voltage lines. Yeah. So I'm on my way back from running with my son. Um, he's in the stroller and uh, Josh and his coworkers, I guess there are three of you are getting your chainsaws ready. Um, my son, two-year-old is thrilled by that. And um, I overhear that you guys are talking about heaven. I think I can't remember if it was heaven or baptism, but it was, uh, it was baptism, but yeah. it was, you know, it was, it was a godly conversation. Yeah, it was. And, to be honest, I was slightly shocked because um, I, not all conversations I overhear, uh, especially around here where not many folks go to church, are um, are particularly godly. So, um, Josh, what you may remember the details better. What what were you all discussing? Well, um, we were discussing uh, sacrament of baptism and mm -hmm. whether you need baptism to enter heaven or not. And I'm Catholic, and I believe you do. And my friend, my good friend, who's become my friend in the last few months, is uh, I think he's Southern Baptist. Jed, he said, you know, he has the some of the Protestant persuasion where he is his faith alone, and you receive mm. baptism later on. And my one friend, my other friend, who says, I don't believe I need baptism at all. As long as I'm a good person, I can get into heaven. And then I have another friend who I'm not even sure he knows about Jesus yet. So we mm. got all sorts of different perspectives. It was a deep conversation <laughs> between some, uh, simple men. <laughs> well, you may be, I don't, I, you may not be giving yourself enough credit calling you simple. Those are some uh, sort of ancient and profound questions. It's cool that you had all the different denominations represented. Um, yeah. But I, I left there just, um, you know, we talked some about baptism. I'm a um, Episcopalian, of course, and uh, they, you know, I think you joked it's Catholic light, which is a, yeah. there's some truth to that. Um, so it's a good way to needle an Episcopalian. The uh, another way we call ourselves fully Protestant, fully Catholic. So um, sure. we try and uh, sort of embrace a lot of the different theologies. All that said, I just left thinking like um why well, I left feeling really inspired because uh as you were saying before we hit record um 
the um, like God puts people in our way. And it was, I think it was good. It may have been good Friday too. Um, I think it was, I think it yeah. was the weekend of Easter. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is special. It works like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm from the other corner of, you know, the far corner of New Hampshire. I moved here to Brattleboro, um, one 2016 and then up to the Northwest corner of Wyndham County. Um, what, I guess three years ago during the pandemic, 2020, um, I've been coming here as a kid. I, I grew up in a congregational church, really liberal, um, in Durham where UNH is. And I always felt like a black sheep a little bit. Cause I was yeah. the one in my family who seemed the most interested in church and it wasn't a particularly cool thing. I played hockey and soccer and, you know, I, uh, but I would, I would sneak out in the woods to read the Bible. I just, I, yeah. I can't explain it. I was just deeply curious. And then, um, I, uh, I went to a boarding school, um, as a day student, my mom was a librarian there. We had religion classes. And so I just, um, poured myself into like studying kind of like the academic part, but I didn't really go to church because I was no longer like part of my local church community because I was so tied to my school and, um, all that to say, like, I, um, yeah, my, my sort of formation has been uh, like, I feel like I've had to find, like really search out God um, on my own. And I think living in this corner of the world, I've always felt like I've sort of been a minority in some ways. Right. Um, so I just, I was excited um, as we got to know each other, just knowing you're from, I guess, sounds like just over the border in, in yeah. Springfield, Vermont. And um, so I just wanted to talk to you knowing we're brothers in baptism. Um, so maybe you could tell me a little bit about your, your faith story. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, um, born um, Catholic and born in New York. My family moved over here in Vermont when I was maybe seven, but mm. uh, raised Catholic. Um, just always like you, I just in love with the church from my mm. youngest of memories. I went mm. to Catholic school a bit when I was uh, in New York still young um we used to go to mass and stuff on thursdays i can still remember it and just being there in church it just just in awe you know just in the presence of god and i was in love with it i mm. just i've always had felt that feeling i felt like i've been chosen and just so blessed to to know him and to love him and mm. just to live with him mm. and uh you know, Are there particular I, I, moments of the mass, Josh, that you loved, or well, the, particular? It'd definitely be the consecration, yeah. the mm. Eucharist, and you know, just just the whole thing of it, and just mm. being close to God and with other believers, but especially the consecration. But um, mm. you know, and and just everything about it, like I just always have felt chosen by God and just special, you know. And my life has been so blessed. I putting him first and it's been good mm. but um mm. back to more of my youth i guess you don't hear about it much but i guess i'm a born again catholic because mm. raised catholic well there was a there was a gap there between 15 and i don't know about 18 where you know like all kids wasn't being a you know a great catholic christian at all you know i was doing things that i shouldn't have been doing 
kind of, I guess, hit rock bottom in a way. And then just realized like, what was the one good thing in my life always? And I was like, mm. church, God, I have to go back. I have to seek him out. I have to get back right with the Lord. And I did. And I just, I was born again. Mm. And uh, I just what? never left him since. Oh, wow. Was there a moment when you were born? Like when you remember being born again? When I met my wife, he sent me my wife mm. and, she, and uh, I told her about Jesus. And I said, Asha, we have to do it together. Let's just go back. I know, come to church with me. This is good mm. and whole, you know, it'll enrich our lives. Let's serve the Lord and what we can do. And he has blessed us abundantly ever since. Wow. That's amazing. You so know? did you meet your wife when you were 18 or something? Or Yep. Yep. Wow. We've been, we've, we're kind of rare. We've been married since I've been 18. We're both 18. Wow. So it'll be 17 did, did, years this year. Wow. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yep. Um, yeah. You don't hear that story very much. How did the two of you oh. meet? <laughs> we actually went to high school together and we actually didn't like each other at all in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and um, later on, you know, after we, everybody graduated and stuff, we just kind of the Lord brought us together and see saw some interest in me i don't know why but she did and uh you know i was like wow you know i like her <laughs> we got mm. together and started hanging out and was uh went on from there but mm. it's definitely my soulmate wow what a it sounds like an absolute blessing it truly I, is yeah find true love in this world it's it's beautiful yeah Tell me, when we were trying to schedule this, you were um, at a boxing. Yeah, uh, I went down. Um, I help out at the club with my sons um, and a bunch of other kids. And I actually do enjoy doing some boxing myself. And uh, mm -hmm. we went down with another boy to Lynn a tournament. And uh, I kind of worked the corner with uh, another man. And um, he lost, but it's kind of an iffy thing. He, he definitely scored more punches, but um, he got knocked down once. So that scored for the other boy more and he won, mm. but uh, it was a good time. I was glad I was, mm. I could be there for the other boy, but uh, my son goes down Friday and competes. So I'm looking forward to that. Wow. Yeah. I, I played a lot of sports growing up, soccer and hockey. And then in um, high school and college, I was on the, the rowing team. So it was, I, oh, cool. it was, that's more like an endurance sport yeah. kind of like swimming and running but i'm so curious about boxing and like how it I, I don't know if you boxed when you were younger no i wish i did i played football okay oh wow yeah um how I, I feel like a lot of what i've learned about a being a christian i've learned from sports in terms of sure. um like showing up for my prayer life even when i don't feel like it sort of like i'd have to show up for practice yep. and and also a sense of camaraderie and stuff but i'm i'm curious like you know football and boxing are different totally. you know, a different breed of sport what yep. how do you feel like those have shaped you well football definitely i needed football growing up i needed like all bo young boys do i think they need an outlet for their aggression and just is their mm. natural aggression they need to test themselves against other boys and themselves and they need that outlet because I think it focuses them more. Um, football, more of a team sport, help you be a like a leader more, like, well, I don't know. 
relying on each other, I guess. But boxing is a beautiful thing because it's very individual sport on the whole other end of the spectrum where it's it's just you. It is mm-hmm. just you in the ring, and um, it's up to you. And it takes, like you said about these sports, it takes a lot of commitment mm-hmm. and dedication, like especially like prayer and attending church. Mm-hmm. And the more you do it, the more better the better you'll be. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's it's kind of I found it's great for my sons, teach them that mm-hmm. kind of commitment and dedication to something. Mm-hmm. Well, I. I can only imagine too that sense of uh, self-esteem just from knowing how to yes defend themselves in some ways. Yeah, and it, it brings a lot of self-confidence, and but not, and I guess, and learning how to control it too. You know, mm. yeah. yeah. Wow. How um, I, I'm curious to hear like how you got into the the work in the woods. I don't know. You, well. <laughs> Um, I didn't exactly graduate high school. So mm-hmm. when I was young, I was like about 17. And, uh, when you don't have your GED, you know, jobs are limited and, mm-hmm. uh, I needed something physical. I was always a physical guy, football. And, uh, my dad had a friend who was working at a tree company. And I said, you know, I bet I could do that because it's, it's tough work. I'm going to go see him. And mm-hmm. I went and saw him and he was so happy to see me. And he's like, Josh, call this number you'd be working with me in a week and i called it and i was working with him and i just fell in love with it because it, it, mm. it's tough you know it's it's right up my alley and there's a lot of thrill adrenaline with the trees and you know it was it was what i needed at the time too because i was young and i needed to be put to work you know mm. and uh it definitely formed my gave me a lot of work ethic because mm. yeah, you you all i mean you're driving an hour or something and you're getting oh yeah it. 7 a.m. or oh, to yeah. start or oh, yeah. yeah um well I, i've struck to there a couple you can tell me my intuition's wrong but it seems like some of the other guys you work with are younger and that like part of your job is yeah you know mentoring them well, i heard not you many people one of them a hard stay time. very long mm. it's the thing because they realize how hard it is mm. and uh but yeah i i try to i try to teach everyone the best i can and mm. pass down everything that was taught to me, mm. you know, along the way. And, uh, you know, some guys are open to it. Some guys don't, you know, some guys are stuck in their ways. Um, mm. But the crew I got now are great guys. They're just mm. great. And uh, they're really open and listening. And we all have fun. We just, mm. that's the best. It's lighthearted mm. atmosphere. And work just seems to go so easy when it's like that. Oh, that's great. Yep. How um I hear like kind of your passion for teaching other people who've been some of your teachers, like uh, important mentors. Well, I've had a few in different spots. Um, mm. I've had a lot of good, prof- I, I worked with the one guy from New York logging and he taught me everything I know for the mm. most part. And he, he was funny. He'd come over and he'd be like, you ready? Tell him about to tell you everything you're doing wrong. And I'd be like, oh, I'm trying so hard. Okay, tell me everything I was doing wrong. I really had to humble myself. But in humbling myself, I, I listened to him and I just, I grew so much in skill. Mm. And uh, I just owe him a lot. He mm. actually, um, 
he helped me one time. Uh, I broke my leg logging and mm. I was all by myself. And it was the last tree of the day. And it was an easy one. And I cut it over. And my instinct said, don't go on the right side of that tree. A big pine tree. And uh, it rolled on me. And it pinned me down to the ground. Mm. And it broke my left leg. Mm. Immediately, I kind of took a deep breath. And I uh, was like, oh, boy. You know, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And I tried to cut myself out. And, you know, I started praying to God. <laughs> Lord, because I was I, I was way ahead of the guys. I had a lot of trees down. They were busy down the other way. They shouldn't have came and found me for at least an hour or so. And it was snowy. And uh, I was laying there and praying. And next thing you know, for some reason, my friend was there. And he wow. cut me out. And Bill, my the guy who mentors me, he knew enough to splint my leg and help me out. And I owe oh, a lot wow. for that because uh, he, he definitely, I needed my leg splinted. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Wow. What a powerful story. Oof. Yeah, it was. It was very, but I, you know, when you, when I was in pain like that, I remember I was like, it still can't be worse than what Jesus went through. I kind of mm. just put myself, you know, I, in, you know, I don't know what the word is for, but I'm like, you know, I, I can't be as bad as what he went through. I can't, you know, I can't be mm -hmm. there, you know. He definitely mm -hmm. saved me and got me through it. And I, uh, that's sort of a, a segue to uh, talking a little more about God. I, um, you know, the the starting point for doing this podcast is that, uh, and forgive me if I shared this, um, but I was in Bolivia studying Spanish as part of being a priest, and I. Um, I was visiting a, a prison with a, a Catholic priest where he does mass. And I got there and one of the things that really struck me was there was a life-size crucifix and the men were doing the stations of the cross and um, sure. praying in front of the crucifix. And it was just so beautiful. It was a small, tiny little chapel, more like a garage. And, um, and it was just that the whole service was really beautiful. And I mean, I'm, uh, I, I got home and prayed like, God, please don't make me Catholic. Um, it was so beautiful. And that's about the Protestant priest, but right. I, uh, and the answer I got was you're called to, you know, Duncan, you're called to religious life. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, as a Catholic, like that would have meant being a, a monk or a, a nun, but, uh, right. But, um, you know, now that I'm married, I wasn't actually married at the time and I, I did live in a monastery. So I sort of considered being a monk at, points but um you know i don't think that's not i don't think that's what god wants for me so i'm, sure. I'm trying to you know talk to people because i do i feel like i'm called to this corner of the world too so part of what's so exciting talking to you is um i feel like part of the process for my uh, being faithful to the voice that i heard speak is just to meet other and talk to other christians in this area um sure. so i'm you know, I have a, I'm really just curious to hear, like thinking a little bit about baptism and, uh, you know, sin and evil, um, to hear your perspective on where you notice sin and evil and in this time and place. And um, I can share for me, it, 
I think about the community, um, there's a lot of tension, at least in this corner of the county around um, housing. And there's just, uh, I know people may not think of it normally as like sin, but it feels like a, a sin built into the structures of our society, just that, you know, some people have so much money and some people have so little, so and little all that yeah. tension that um, comes where, you know, people have these second homes that are huge and then other people can't afford to live. And um, so that one's on my heart and mind a lot. I know the opioid addiction, especially when I lived in Brattleboro, is so much more on the surface. Um, and um, I, you know, which underlying just seems like a crisis of, of uh, community in lots of ways um, and sort of purpose. Um, so those are the, some of the things that are on my heart yeah mind but i i wonder what sort of what stands out to you stands out to me well vermont like you're saying there is a great divide in wealth between people you know some you got the mega rich and you got the working class and then the hard poor and it's tough you know i see a lot because i work through a lot of people's property you know some people have 500 acres and it's like wow <laughs> yeah tough and uh Vermont's an expensive state to live in alone. Mm. But, um, you know, I look at some of the things that hurt me and weigh on my heart, just in the state of Vermont, is some of the things I see about some of the laws that get passed and some of the things that get proposed. It just, it's hard, you know. Mm. The lack of respect for life, you know, mm. abortion, it, that, that pains me deeply. You know? mm. Um, and the drugs like you're saying is very it's it's tough you know you just see it go it's just in a spiral downwards like Brattleboro like you're saying a lot of people in pain and they have they need to be uplifted out of that that cycle mm. of drugs mm. it's no good for our communities I just yeah. wish there was something you know have you seen people go through that Oh yeah. Spiral. People that have yeah. died from it, mm. you know, and it's horrible between overdoses or suicide from it, you know, eventual suicide. It's, it's horrible. I mean, it all comes mm. from beginning in drugs. Mm. It weakens them. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's too bad. Sir. Yeah. Um, I, sort of on the opposite end where, where do you notice like hope and sort of the, you know, God uh, being alive and present, um, you know, in the manifestation of faith, hope, and love? Oh, I, I, I have hope, I guess, in the small things that I'm able to do. Mm. It, the, the little effects I have in, on people's lives that I can help them, you know, and I hope that through that little bit that it, I can, you know, glorify God in some way, you know, mm. so I, sometimes uh, the guys will be like, Josh, why, what are you smiling about? What is the matter with you? Why are you laughing? Like for no reason. And I, I'll be like, I, I just love God. I'm happy all the time. I have Jesus mm. in my life. I can't help, but just like burst out and smile and laugh and <laughs> just at the day and how beautiful it is. And that I'm, you know, I'm with you guys and, life is so good you know god has given us this great gift today mm. i just i love it mm. Mm. 
Oh man, I that totally comes through. I'm, I'm maybe I got to switch jobs and be a logger. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> you got to say sure it's really tough. Yeah, I, tell me more. I'm curious to hear. It sounds like school was was hard for you. Um, you know, I don't think school is for all, everyone. Like for mm -hmm. me, I should have been in like uh, I don't know maybe you know, just, just put to work with some of the older men. I think it would have straightened me out when mm. I was younger. You know, if they were like, Josh, okay, school isn't working out for you. You go to the construction site. And once you learn how tough really working life is, you might appreciate school some more. And, you know, I just mm. didn't appreciate school. Mm. Uh, and now looking back, like if I could go back to school, high school, I would be a straight A student. Mm. I, you know, <laughs> I just wasn't ready or I don't, not disciplined enough. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I was always good at school. I remember, um, you know, I, I, uh, what I was, the, the one thing I wasn't good at was shop class. And I remember just feeling like, man, I'm so grateful that shop is not what, like, I don't have to do shop all day. Right. No, and it, it was always weird because the kids who were good at shop weren't necessarily good at math or that kind of thing. I just, it gave me a lot of right. sympathy because, like, man, I, school would be tough if uh, if I had to do something I just didn't care about. But it doesn't even sound like that's the case. You just somehow, like, weren't ready. No, yeah, just, right. I just, just only interested in what I was interested in. You know, I liked yeah. art. I liked history. Mm -hmm. um, I liked some science. But math was really hard for me and English. I just... I was not interested in it. I love shop. My dad was a carpenter, so I was good at carpenter. it. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, <laughs> um, you and know, I just, it was tough. Yeah. What about football? What position did you play? Uh, I was the right guard, and I was fast, so I was a line, inside linebacker, which I like because oh, wow. that's a pretty intense position and lots wow. of blitzing and uh, side to side, and wow. that was really fun. That's amazing. So you, on offense, you'd be a guard, and then they'd put you at linebacker on defense. Yep. yep. And stop the run in the middle. Yeah. Who's, blitz to the quarterback. <laughs> who's the Springfield's rival? Is it? Oh well, I, Bellas I, Falls, uh, I actually live in Brownsville, Vermont. So I went oh, to okay. Windsor. Oh, um, got it. And we, uh, our rival was uh, Woodstock. Okay. Oh man. And so they, they always. I don't. I don't think we ever beat them, but it was wow. always intense. But they were always coached very well. Interesting. Very well. I know Woodstock's kind of a fancy town. I figured. Very fancy. Yeah. And they had a lot of money. And we would show up with about two footballs, one for warm-up <laughs> and one for the game. And I'm pretty sure they had a nice dry ball every set of downs. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, uh, but we tried so, hard. <laughs> yeah. So how do you end up going to church in Claremont? Is um, it's just it's kind of a little more traditional parish. It, mm. it fits us, you know. Yeah, yeah. I went to a Latin mass down in Winchester, New Hampshire. A couple. Yeah. Have you been to one of those before? Uh, no, what? but I'm very interested. Very interested. Yeah. I wish that I know I it's had something that it offered it up here more because I would go. Yeah, I know it's kind of controversial in the the Catholic church, but I was just curious. Yeah. To I wish it wasn't, but you know, cause yeah. it's our tradition. It really is. Latin yeah. is nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, yeah. it's the language of our church. We should all know it. I wish more people did. 
yeah made it a point to try to start learning it more and more mm. oh cool are you yeah. studying it's a beautiful it, it's beautiful service my you know yeah it's the reverence is it's beautiful yeah how one thing i miss in my life um because my my parents went to church um but it wasn't a huge part of our life if i had sports games or something that that hockey we go to that instead and um my grandparents weren't particularly churchgoers so i i don't have a sense of like um legacy or or history within my family but i'm i feel like sometimes catholics have a stronger sense of that where you're like yeah i'm pretty sure we're catholic back to the beginning beginning like, yeah <laughs> yeah I, you know there's just it's a beautiful gift like I don't yeah know. Can you remember, like, did you go to church with your grandparents and that kind of thing growing up? Or did you? No, um, not really. But I would yeah. definitely remember going with my parents. Um, yeah. And just always being in awe of it. Just, yeah. Just in love with the church. Uh, neat. Um, well, I'm trying to think if there's, I'm just looking at the, the email I send you, if there's anything I, I left out, I'm just going to sit for a moment to see from sure. everything we've covered. Um, one thing I, I wonder about, um, I, I feel sometimes, Josh, like part of my like answering God's call to a religious life is um, trying to um, be more faithful, like in my not only my prayer life, but in the whole like rhythm of my weeks and months in terms of celebrating the saints days and also yeah. like honoring the Sabbath. I know it's so hard with Ooh, cell yep. phones and I feel like I'm constantly I'm just curious, like where. Um, yeah, like what your, how sort of your spiritual life infiltrates the rest of your life and, um, like what practices you engage in? Well, this past Lent, I really feel like I grew closer to God mm. and, um, to be more devoted to him, like, I started attending adoration very regularly mm. um and that's been great it's like definitely one of the high points of my week spend that hour with the lord just mm. listening and talking to him um my day you know i before i leave the house you know i always pray i ask the lord you know to look after my wife and my sons and to make you know that i'm strong enough to be brave for my brothers there's something I have to do, you know, that they don't want to do. I'm brave enough to do it, mm. you know, and um, the end of the day, I always, you know, when I'm laying in bed, I always thank him for another mm. day. Cause I feel like mm. if I were to pass in my sleep, I want my last words to be, you know, thank you. Mm. Um, but just, to, just the continual prayer throughout the day, just, just mm. living in gratitude to him. I've always mm. made it a practice before I climb a tree. You know, I give it a Hail Mary before I mm. need her protection on the way up. Mm. You never know. You go up, you might not come back down the same way. So oh, wow. you're looking after me. 
<laughs> mm. <laughs> Man, it reminds me of that prayer, uh, the memento mori. Do you know that? So the Catholic tradition, the memento um, mori, like, uh, time, time comes quick, right? Time, yeah. Remember that you will die. Yeah. Um, Tempest you get memento mori, right? Yeah. Um, and I just, it sounds like, man, when you're up in a tree, it's just, you're reminded of that constantly. Um, you know, you're, it's such a dangerous work. Some, you feel close to God because really you put it in his hands sometimes, mm. you know, you're dealing with a huge tree, you know, you're in it 70, 60 feet up and you're cutting the top off it. It is not a natural mm. act. It takes extreme fortitude. Mm. And if I was only by myself, I couldn't do it. I, I hundred, I asked Jesus for everything, you know, to strengthen mm. me, my skill, guide my hands. I say that a lot when I'm topping it. Like, Lord, please mm. guide my hands. <laughs> oh, I can wow. do it right for your glory. Mm. Do you have prayers for the trees themselves? I imagine it must be so trees? powerful to be cutting this thing yeah. down. That's hundreds of years old. True. Maybe. I true. You know, I forget where in the Bible it says, but this it does say they're for everyday use. I'll mm. look it up and find it. You know, and they kind of they they supply me with my livelihood. And I suppose I'm clearing them away for a purpose. Sometimes I do feel bad about it, but I figure in that power might be supplying power to a hospital, you know, or yeah, some sort or of paper you know, to write on. Yeah. It's, right, you know. Yeah. It has to be done. It's not pointless, I guess, you know? Yeah. I do I do see them, though. And I've always thought that the Lord designed them, you know, with their branches outreached, kind of like our hands out in prayer. Like, they're praying mm. in their own way. Yeah. Well, and I think a Psalm 1, um, just like a tree planted by the water, I shall not be moved. I mean, like you right. said, there's, uh, yeah. there's something similar between us and trees. And sure is. Stand. Yeah. They're strong together. They're not strong mm -hmm. alone. Yeah. Well, and there's, I've read all kinds of things, how they're, they're connected by their roots. Like they can, some people think they can talk to each other and, or, you know, communicate through their root system. And uh, well, you definitely see in a forest that's not touched and they all sway, they all will sway mm -hmm. together. You know, when you start taking a few, then they get weak in one way, you know, mm -hmm. but <laughs> One other thing I'd love to ask you about, this is, you know, I went to sure. divinity school as part of the training as a minister. And so there, you know, I've read lots of books on this, but I'd love to talk to someone who, you know, has a different background and perspective. So the question is about like, why fewer people go to church now than they did 50 or a hundred years ago. Um, and some of the theories out there are about like, you know, the cultures change, people have sports, there are more activities, and so there are more distractions, sort of similar with technology. Some people say, like, we're almost at the, like, it's a, a new reformation, I'm sure. Well, you may know, like, Martin Luther. Sure. The reformation began 500 years ago. And yep. some people say, like, every 500 years in Christianity, there's, like, a something new happens, like, you know, after Jesus's right. death, like 500 years after it was the monastic movement. Um, yep. And uh, anyway, just, and that we're almost at like this time period where something new is about to be born. I mean, we just don't know it yet, but um, we can only you know, pray and then there are other something good. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so sort of like the old ways of spirituality are, are dying in some ways. And then there are other people who think, you know what, the church has just gotten weak in some ways, like it's lost track, it's lost its heart and soul and, you know, hasn't stayed true to Christ's teaching. And, you know, when that happens, people flee, you know, the issues, yeah. not the world, the issues, the you church. Know, I, I feel like the 60s and 70s were pretty hard on our mm. society and culture. Mm. a lot of free-for-allness and that kind of trickled on through you know and i feel i have hope i i feel like the pendulum went one way so far that i think i pray that it comes back the other way because i see in the youth today and a lot like people are craving tradition they want traditional Mm. values they want traditions back they want the Mm. faith that they're you know their grandparents had mm. there's beauty in that i think mm. amen i i just really hope it sways back that way yeah where do you do you see it swaying where you i do i do yeah yeah mm. I, in the young too in the young families mm. i see it mm. yeah how because our I think as an episcopalian in vermont there may be 50 churches but only five of them maybe have a full-time pastor yeah Um, so most of them are small you know with probably less than 50 people on a a sunday i know the catholic church is much bigger but like at your parish is there do you have a sense of community and like do the families know each other yeah um, i would say so yeah Yeah. that's sweet um man there's good there's a there's good attendance and more younger too now which is good Mm. the younger families are attracted to church because i think the world is so just off track that people are looking for that wholesome traditional you know they want they need they crave jesus you know and they Mm. they're coming back Mm. you know they realize that you know following the world isn't going to get them anywhere they need to you know they need jesus in their life Mm. Mm. the maybe the last thing i'll i'll say just thinking about craving jesus um i one of the strangest things about my sort of call to when i've felt connected to jesus is working with um people with disabilities it that was the first thing i did Mm. after college and uh you know I, i went to harvard as an undergrad i was living this real um you know, I was good at school, but I was also competitive and, you know, everyone was, not, I don't know, trying to get big jobs, important, you know, moving off to New York or Washington, blah, blah. Um, and I, I found um, a sense of community um, and aliveness and just kind of lightheartedness. It's like I kind of got my soul back. Um, yeah, living with folks disabilities i was actually in ireland and we'd eat all our meals together and um my boss at the time he raised his family in the community and um i, I came back i went to divinity school but I, I it was so much like reading and you know writing papers i, I kind of lost my way again and i found my way back to church through a um through a church where um there were a lot of people with disabilities um because the there was a school for the blind nearby and um, people would help roll each other um, up 
to the communion table and it was just so it was really beautiful and people sang the hymns sure like folks who were blind um you know would try and sing the hymns but of course they were like a little bit they had a hard time following along but no one really cared and just it was like a really joyful noise um mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm curious if you're i mean it's always i i i keep coming back to that part of my call but i don't um it's just so crazy like the only way i can make sense of it is um that first corinthians uh he says uh god chose what is weak and foolish in the world to shame the wise paul says yeah it's like mm -hmm. oh man i i i thought i was so wise um and i just got a good comeuppance um yeah you know, around that i'm curious how in your life like what's what the what are the crazy things god has done in your life and sort of or like just things you can't explain like, well he definitely saved me that day i was pinned Mm -hmm. that giant log could have been very well on my chest mm -hmm. and i just would have been dead yeah he saved me that day mm -hmm. um he knew i loved logging but i think he was like josh it's too dangerous for you <laughs> you know <laughs> let's let's you know maybe maybe climb them maybe yeah. you need to climb them <laughs> but there's a you know i definitely he was there that day um mm -hmm he i lead such a charmed life and i owe it mm. to him all and just the people i bump into and the people i meet and just like that morning where you and your son came along it's instances like that that i find like you and you know you gotta do you ever catch jesus like i recognize you know he always tells us to be watchful but when he mm. comes and you might not you know you might not, but it's the lord you know and it's he works in these ways like i see you lord okay yeah. <laughs> when you can help someone when it's a mm. little test you know okay yeah. there's that guy on the side of the road do i just drive past him or do i you know stop maybe give him a ride you know give mm. him a chance might be somebody mm. needs some help you stop mm. giving him help and you know you just see that gratitude and it's like jesus smiling at you it's like mm. yes i chose right <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, let's um love those instances and uh yeah well I, this is one of those instances for me josh um again oh, i yeah. uh i don't always pay attention i'm not always watchful and even if i am watchful i don't always have the courage to um follow up on it because you know it's always a little crazy well right there's a lot of anxiety in it yeah yeah i was joking my wife it was like it reminded me of like dating or something it's like oh do i go talk to those people um but, uh, <laughs> right it's yeah so uh thank you. It, it builds my trust uh this to be watchful by your saying yes to this so awesome um, can i ask you a else? question yeah please so besides jesus mary and joseph who's your favorite uh person in the bible oh that's a what a fantastic question um i love peter uh yeah I, I think, you know, I was sharing earlier how I would sneak out into the woods to read the Bible, um, where I'd always stop because I'd, I'd learned in Sunday school, like, you know, read the gospels. Those are the most important ones. So I'd just start with Matthew and, um, I, I, it was, 
pretty confusing as a kid to try and read the Bible, like without any help. But the first things I could kind of understand from reading it were those, the call stories and um, Jesus, like, you know, meets Peter and, you know, it's drop everything you have and follow me. Um, And he dropped, you know, he follows everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think, and also the fact that he, you know, he went back on it so many times, you know, he, he didn't get Jesus is called to carry the cross. You know, he thought, you know, he was called, Jesus was going to lead a violent revolution and, you know, he betrays Jesus at sure during the passion, blah, blah. So um, he's kind of like every man though, you know, like I always thought is every man, we all have a little Peter in us. Yeah. Have you watched the, um, the show oh what is it called there's a new television series about jesus's life and ministry um i'm trying to think oh shucks i should know the name of it um that's all to say like peter's in it you know of course because he's and um it's really helped me understand him as a character and uh i would highly oh if i see you again out for a run Mm -hmm. i'll let you know the name of it it's been okay Jesus, it's there are a lot of Catholics in the show. I think Jesus is actually cool. played by a really devout Catholic, but the writers are evangelical, so they're like really familiar with the Bible, and yep. uh, it's just good acting, and it's really brought the stories to life in a way that I appreciate. Um, so that's all to say, like now when I picture Peter, I picture this actor from right. the TV show, um, for better or for worse. But yeah, who's who's your favorite? Ah. Mine is probably the good thief on the mm. cross mm. and Simon the Cyrene, the one mm. that carried the cross. He was compelled, but he, he carried Jesus's cross for him. Mm. And of course, you know, the good thief, he was there dying with Jesus. And just that scene there, you know, today you'll be with me in paradise. You know, he was, he had every instance to, to, mock jesus too but he he knew you know in his heart Mm. he's innocent Mm. you know remember me when you come into your kingdom that's just so so powerful to me yeah what what is it do you think that's so that resonates with you so deeply you know he 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 was guilty of what he did you know, and mm-hmm. he looked over at Jesus and just in that instance, you know, there's Christ dying on the cross with two thieves and one's mocking him and one is one is begging him to have mercy on him. And mm. Jesus even dying had mercy on someone. Mm. You know? mm. Well, I, I love that question and I'll, I'll throw a similar one back to you. Who's your favorite saint? Saint? Uh, probably my uh, St. Francis. Mm. You know, you, you talk about like the, the Reformation. I yeah. think in we and man, you know, we're impatient creatures, mm. and man wants things now, but God works in God's time. And I think Francis of Assisi was the answer that was going to come in God's mm. time. He was going to be the reformer of the church. Mm. He had a very simplistic way of looking at things. Him and Claire, they were beautiful. 
Yeah, I know. I, I read my a role biograph- models in faith. Yeah, I, I read a biography a couple of years ago of Francis, and I was so struck. Like he was barely literate, even though he was. Oh yeah wealthy you know like people just didn't really have much schooling back then um, no no and he came from but he had a wild youth you know he wanted to be a knight yeah. and everything went out to fight yeah. the town and got captured and yeah to get him back and he had right. that uh, conversion experience in the church you know christ spoke to him from the cross and told him to rebuild his church and I think there was more meaning into what he heard off that crucifix too. Re- not only rebuild this church, but rebuild my church, you know, help. Yeah. Format. Yeah. Well, and I love how he did literally start to just rebuild his local church. Sure did. And I forget what God was like. No, no, no. I mean like, you know, bigger than just your little, you know, this, right. this small crumbling building. Like, I mean, the help my church. Thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And eventually, I mean, his order was blessed by the Pope and it's still today. Yeah. He was, he was, he was something else. He's very inspirational. Yeah. One of the saints that inspires me um, as an Episcopalian, there's a, a man named um, Jonathan Daniels who lived in Keene and uh, he was born maybe in the 1930s or forties, but he, uh, he went off to the military to military academy and um, he ended up um, going to divinity school um, and sort of quit the military path. Um, but he joined the civil rights movement and he ended up, uh, he got killed in, in Alabama uh, registering voters. He stepped in front of a, a bullet meant for a, oh, wow. a younger black woman. And there's yep. a documentary about it and there's a moment he just looks so happy. Um, like he kind of finally found his purpose and, Mm -hmm. um, and also folks, you know, came up from Alabama to celebrate his, his life. And it was just a, it's like, Oh man, what a, what a good life that young man led. Um, so I, and I think part of my question for you about like boxing and I I think football does it too, but I I wonder if he would have done that without his military training. I just think there's like an element of right. sacrifice sometimes that people, you know, I, I didn't really learn in church. Um, but. Right. And like Christ said, you know, what, what is it? What, what greater honor is there than to lay down your life for one's friends? You know? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. did it. He did it. And you could like, you could really see it on his, you know, they, they, there's a photo of him and his the open casket and just, he did it yeah that's so uh, cool. and then yeah. not everyone's called to that but uh, no and you know could you do that in that instance too you know self-sacrifice yeah. like that he was a very brave man yeah and what's neat is the the young woman who he protected she went on to become a uh, you know theologian and um has done a lot of important work in her community herself so it's um that is it's, awesome it's, it's a beautiful story yeah um well you got any other questions you got you have good ones um hmm. well oh what's your favorite verse in the bible well um i think it's the one that um i I shared earlier um god chose what is weak and foolish 
the shame ah. wise. Um, and I think he goes on like we, you know, somewhere in that first Corinthians first chapter, like we worship Christ crucified. Um, I, he's like talking about what the Greeks worship and the Jews. And um, mm-hmm. so I, I think, I think that's my favorite verse that or else just the, the call of Peter and the, um, you know, come follow me. Right. That I feel like that's my life's like, if, if I do that, um, I'm living out my purpose in this world. Um, mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, always has been the end of Matthew. It's like the most, mm-hmm. it's, you know, the most reassuring thing ever, you know, and they go, well, uh, teaching them all that I, all these them to observe all that I've commanded you and lo, I am with you always until the end of the age. You know, mm. Christ is always here, you know, for mm. us. No matter how dark it may be, he'll be there until he comes again. That's the mm. most comforting thing. Mm. That he And that's such, you know, he always, he knew, you know, left us with such inspiration. <laughs> mm. Don't worry, guys. I'm going to always be there. <laughs> I'm coming back. I'll be there and end up and then I come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Josh. Hey. Again, I'd love to no close with a, I'd love to close with a prayer. This is absolutely from the Episcopal prayer book. The Lord be with you. With your um, spirit. Almighty and eternal God. So draw our hearts to thee. So guide our minds. So fill our imaginations. So control our wills that we may be wholly thine, utterly dedicated unto thee, and then use us, we pray thee, as thou wilt, and always to thy glory and the welfare of thy people. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.